1: Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective.
0: 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Monday, we like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby, an update on the political agenda for the week ahead. And joining us today uh, from the ACL, the Chief Political Officer for the Australian Christian Lobby, Dan Flynn. Hello, Dan. Welcome back to
1: 2020. It's a pleasure to be here. I trust you well.
0: I'm well. Thank you so much, Dan. And let's get right into one of the most important issues that's happening politically in the nation right now and uh, focus on New South Wales, where Mark Latham has a parental rights bill that is being debated. Uh, what's, uh, in your opinion here, Dan, uh, how important is this particular bill?
1: The bill is very important, Neil. Basically, it provides that you know schools should not be attempting to transform children in respect to ethical and moral values, and that that type of education, uh, particularly in relation to sexuality, should be carried out by parents, or at least in consultation with parents. Uh, And this bill, by Mark Latham, the parental rights bill, recognises that parents have primary responsibility in this area, and the bill um, seeks to basically uh, make sure parents are notified if there's going to to be uh, controversial Gender identity or trans teaching, and enables the parents to then um, remove those children uh, from any such teaching. Um, But the the overarching objective is to uh, ban the teaching. It's it's a lot of common sense. Neil, we have a couple of representatives speaking at a New South Wales parliamentary hearing tomorrow in support of this bill. Uh, The uh, it's sensible legislation. Uh, It's it's I'm sure most New South Wales parents would consider this common sense. No doubt it's going to be uh, heavily contested uh, by those who, you know, argue that, um, you know, trans people um, ought to their rights, ought to trump the rights of parents and and, uh, religious groups uh, and religious ideas. So this is the battle of our times, and it's manifesting here through Mark Latham's uh, very good work in the New South Wales
0: Parliament. Well, I guess special honour to Mark Latham for having the courage to be able to address this sort of issue because uh, no doubt there'll be a lot of listeners to our conversation today that would recognise the common sense approach of keeping the idea of uh, teaching uh, issues around gender uh, within the home and not into the classroom. And so uh, he's taken, you know, he's put his... uh, is uh, a whole effort behind this, a very, very powerful thing. And so uh, interestingly here, Dan, that uh, Mark Latham doesn't claim to be a Christian, uh, but he's certainly standing for a common sense position when it comes to issues around gender fluidity and what should be taught in schools and what should be forced uh, to taught it, to be taught in schools. Uh, there's a certain sense in which uh, he's doing something that Christians ought to be applauding.
1: Well, that's absolutely right. and You know, he does deserve our prayers and support. Um, I've spoken to him on a number of occasions and um, uh, he's been involved with a a fair bit of Australian Christian Lobby activity. Um, We supported his bill uh, extensively and there was an online poll. I think that, uh, you know, we're something of the order of 52% of uh, those uh, uh, who provided a survey result to the New South Wales Parliament supported his bill. So the New South Wales Christian vote He's activated on this. Um, As you say, Mark um, Latham doesn't uh, purport to be a Christian. Uh, I think uh, he certainly warrants our prayer. He's also got a piece of legislation out called the Anti-Discrimination, Religious Freedoms and Equality Bill, which would protect statements of religious belief made outside of the workplace. So, Neil, if one of your listeners works for a large bank, and makes a statement, say, in support of Israel on the weekend when they're at the rugby, at the, you know, the Eels versus the Raiders game, you know, they're holding up a sign, uh, let easy play, then if that's notified to the, the employer bank this morning, uh, then um, under Mark Latham's bill, uh, the employer couldn't act uh, against the employee, which, of course, again, uh, is common sense. People should be able to freely express their religious views Uh, away from the workplace without fear. But this fear does exist. And at the moment, um, certainly people in New South Wales have no state protection of their rights to express their religious beliefs. Uh, So he's also seeking to address this issue. So we must continue to pray for Mark Latham.
0: And so on both of those issues there, Dan, the Parental Rights Bill and also the Religious Freedoms Bill, and especially for New South Wales listeners right now to be able to support that, Find some detail more about it. Uh, there'll be some links there on the acl.org.au website to be able to follow that through and uh, put your weight behind that particular bill. And uh, you're encouraging listeners to actually be in contact with MPs to urge them to support the ur- urgency
1: of the bill. Absolutely. Um, and it's an important. Uh, we particularly need the New South Wales Liberal government to uh, pick up this bill uh, it may be debated in the upper house uh, led by Mark Latham, uh, but it will have to be picked up uh, by the uh, actual uh, government, uh, liberal government, uh, who should be uh, pro-freedom, uh, pro-freedom for faith. So we are urging that effort and will provide resources to assist people to do exactly that. Big
0: things happening around the nation not least of which another state election on the way and creeping up so quickly the state election in Tasmania coming up on the 1st of May an election that was called after the Speaker Sue Hickey quit the Liberal Party throwing the Gutwin government into a minority government Uh, it's an important one and coming up very quickly 1st of May is just around the corner Dan.
1: Well it's a surprise early election uh, we do um uh, have a website called tasmaniavotes.org.au, uh, which profiles uh, the uh, Labor Party, uh, the Liberal Party and its candidates, the Greens candidates, uh, and people can go to that website. They'll see a link to it on the ACL website. Uh, the point of this is that um, we wish to profile people who did a really good job in the um, e- euthanasia debate just held that is no doubt a litmus test on where these people stand on uh, social values. Um, people will notice that uh, there are only a few candidates named and that's because Tasmanian electoral laws uh, state that you can only name people in election material if you have their written permission. So we have that for a number of candidates and we we uh, profile them. Uh, that's a very useful uh, resource. Uh, I think it's very uh, probably one of the things that we... Um, a concerned about most is there'll be some uh, law conversion therapy uh, type law to restrict parental rights in relation to their children, uh, churches in relation to religious freedom. Those concerns are large. Certainly we uh, have a view that if there were a Greens Labor, candidate, Greens Labor government, uh, there'd be no resistance to such a bill. Um, and we're doing our best to um, profile candidates uh, who would actually um, vote against such legislation. So I commend TasmaniaVotes.org.au to your listeners in Tasmania.
0: And powerfully put, Dan Flynn, when you talk about those moral and ethical issues, because uh, there might be some debate over economic differences between how the parties might respond in our current economic situation. But when it comes to those moral and ethical issues and what you think would be allowed to be made law in the state of Tasmania, that becomes a crucial issue. And especially for people who have a Christian conscience and they want to vote according to their Christian conscience. Conscience. They want the best thing morally and ethically for the state of Tasmania. TasmaniaVotes.org, that's the uh, website, .org.au. And when people go to that site, what are they likely to see, Dan?
1: Uh, they'll, they'll see um, uh, candidates uh, like Michael Ferguson um, um, and other uh, candidates, Lisa Archer, Madeline Ogilvie. Um, who Madeline Ogle has recently been a Labor MP then an independent MP, and now she's a Liberal MP. You'll see uh, a good profiling of those candidates, and we've tried. We have addressed each of the five uh, state uh, electorates uh, in Tasmania, and um, we, we hope that's uh, really informs people uh, of their vote. Uh, Tasmania is in situation where it's called a hare clark voting system where people vote for the candidate of their choice rather than rather than a party of their choice
0: very unique um, set up there. Okay, tasmaniavotes.org.au, and uh, hopefully there's some detail about there, the different way that the Tasmanian voting system works, tasmaniavotes.org.au. Let's turn some attention to South Australia, Dan. Another move to decriminalise prostitution. There was a bill a couple of years ago, and it was defeated, but... As you know, chipping away, it seems to be happening on some of these sorts of issues. Uh, what's the biggest concern over this South Australian bill?
1: Well, as you say, Neil, the South Australian Parliament probably only twelve months ago voted to um, uh, to continue to keep prostitution as illegal activity. Uh, so the current position is that um, uh, you know seeking or providing um, prostitution. Uh, is illegal. Uh, so brothels are illegal. Uh, street prostitution is illegal. And according to the police commissioner, um, if you decriminalise prostitution in South Australia, you will allow organised crime to flourish. And um, you know there, there is a, a there is a sort of a, a prostitution industry in South Australia. Uh, it's small, uh, and uh, it's good that it's small. And even even then, you still see uh, organised crime involved. I think the particular peril with all of this, Neil, is if prostitution is decriminalised in South Australia, uh, it's not just... It's so anybody who's running brothels, uh, people who obtain prostitutes for others or prostituted people, they're called pimps, all of that, and those who make sort of that um, illicit type of profit... Uh, that's all decriminalised as well. But, Neil, all of this demeans and denigrates women, as we know, and we also know that um, prostitution as an industry relies on the migration and trafficking of Asian women, um, maybe uh, Eastern European women as well, for its survival. So when you have a a legal prostitution sector, you are rolling out the red carpet uh, for sex traffickers. And as the... um, You know, Lyle Shelton said recently, you know, Christian politicians should campaign first and foremost for the vulnerable, and uh, these trafficked women are incredibly vulnerable, and uh, we must not uh, open up this industry uh, to, you know, basically facilitate their trafficking.
0: When we talk about vulnerable people, there is a model that tends to be used here in Australia, but then there's a model that comes from uh, Northern European countries called the Nordic approach. It changes the way you look at prostitution and... uh, and I know that South Australia, just this couple of years ago, were looking carefully at this whole Nordic model. Uh, how, what, how do you describe the Nordic model, and uh, and and is there something we ought to understand about that, and particularly for South Australian listeners?
1: Well, in the Nordic countries and in uh, France, uh, Canada, um, you, you see a, a regulation of prostitution that goes like this: that um, uh, prostituted women are de they're, they're decriminalised. So they they could go to the police with any concerns they have, etc. But the uh, the purchasing of prostitution uh, by men, basically, uh, is illegal, and those men can face fines. Uh, and so it's a, it's a way of basically attacking the business model. Uh, without the demand, uh, prostitution uh, will um, cease, or reduced substantially as an industry uh, and the women, um, generally women, as men too, but those involved will be able to find a dignified exit, uh, find employment and uh, have that stigma removed from them. Uh, so it's a particularly, um, um, you, you know, there's a sense in which honestly there is a, a denigration and demeaning of women involved here by men and to target the men with um, criminal penalties, with fines, uh, has worked very successfully uh, in these Nordic countries. And there is certainly a counter move on in South Australia by some good MPs to bring this legislation that would um, um, enable that model to be applied, which is a great move. And uh, certainly our South Australian director, Christopher Bro, here is a, um, a keen proponent of that and working closely with MPs.
0: Well, let's point people to the ACL website there, too, uh, for some background detail and understanding that uh, decriminalising prostitution issue there. Uh, Let's talk about Martin Isles taking the truth of it on the road, a live tour, and he's going to be starting in the state of Queensland. Dan, what's happening with uh, Martin Isles and speaking uh, live at centres all around the state of Queensland?
1: Well, as many of your listeners may know, Martin uh, has a, a, a vlog I think it's called uh, on YouTube called The Truth of It, where he comments on uh, matters relating to um, you know public life, uh, politics, theology, uh, which is very very popular, uh, and you know obviously Martin is blessed with a special clarity on issues about which people are often very you know fuzzy about. So his capacity to Um, you know, speaking to an issue is greatly valued in the Australian community. So he's taking uh, what he does in a recorded studio live um, and commencing Brisbane, the 28th of April, Sunshine Coast, 5th of May, Toowoomba, 7th of May, Bundaberg, 11th of May, and so on. You'll find the details on our website. But Gladstone, Rockhampton, Gold Coast, Mackay, Cairns, Man Isa, they all get a Guernsey. And so this roadshow starts... Um, Wednesday of next week in Brisbane, I believe there's uh, over 1,500 tickets or thereabouts sold, and uh, you know the the will have to find a venue to accommodate all these people. Um, but it's terrific to uh, see people wanting to connect with Martin and what he has to say, and also to be in a community of like-minded people. Um, and that's I think a lot of the work of the Australian Christian Lobby uh, is providing a home for people uh, who wish their theology to inform their politics and their public engagement. So we wish Martin well with that trip.
0: Well, I think listeners ought to be excited about that and no doubt uh, the Queensland tour is going to be the start of uh, many more tours in states around Australia. And as you say, more than 1,500 people already RSVP'd to the Brisbane meeting and it looks like you're going to need big venues wherever Martin Isles is speaking. And I know listeners will be excited uh, if they're listening in from the Sunshine Coast or in Toowoomba, Bundaberg, Gladstone, Rockhampton, the Golden. Gold Coast, Mackay, Cairns and Mount Isa to be a part of that uh, really exciting prospect of uh, Martin Isles uh, coming to those centres and uh, doing his vlog live. Uh, so uh, you can RSVP at acl.org.au. When you say there are tickets, is there a cost uh, to uh, to actually going you know to the event?
1: These tickets are free, Neil. These tickets are free. So um, um, I hope people can just go online, register with the details and uh Uh, We look forward to seeing them there. It'll be terrific.
0: Okay, so it is free and the RSVP really is probably more about COVID uh, restrictions and those sorts of things that'll make uh, the tour really uh, fabulous. So acl.org.au to RSVP if you're in any of those centres around Queensland. Just quickly, before I let you go, uh, the March for Life, uh, also in the state of Queensland, uh, on the 8th of May, this is an important one too.
1: Look, it's important and during Martin's tour, he'll be joining that. On the 8th of May, he'll be joining uh, courageous pro-life people, Senator Amanda Stoker, uh, Tishan Johnson from Cherished Life, George Christensen, the sponsor of the Babies Born Alive Bill. Uh, they will all be speaking uh, at Speaker's Corner. Saturday, the 8th of May, 2.30 uh, at Parliament House. So, um, yeah, that's an important date for uh, people in the Brisbane area to
0: have in their diary. And uh, let's hope uh, listeners in Brisbane and throughout southeast Queensland, even Northern New South Wales, who can make it to that date, yes. can make that a very big march. Uh, that's Saturday the 8th of May and all sorts of issues at hand there. The uh, opposition to the Queensland Government's abortion to birth laws that were passed in 2018. Uh, there's also that petition for the Federal Government to allow the Human Rights Children Born Alive Protection Bill uh, to go to a vote this year important stuff important. and uh, acl.org.au get all the details there that one is on Saturday the 8th of May acl.org.au and uh, Dan Flynn chief political officer at the Australian Christian Lobby thanks so much for your update today on 2020 that's what